0: It's a, it's a lovely place. It's kind of a, a farm combined with a, well, combined with a restaurant, they've got a farm shop there and you know, people can look around and you know, see the animals, all those things. Petting
1: you know? zoo sure. and restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Except some sheep. Yeah. Have some yeah, breakfast. Hello, everybody. This is Ray Renati, and you've reached Green Room On Air, and this is my podcast. How y'all doing, you green roomers? If, uh, if, I, if I sound a little weird, it's just because I ate some acai berries covered with chocolate from the Costco, and I can't stop eating them. I have a humongous bag, and it's making it a little bit difficult for me to talk, but I don't care because I'm addicted. addicted. Hey. How are you all enjoying the zombie apocalypse? Isn't it fun? I never thought I'd got to see it in my lifetime. And, I t- and here we are with the zombie apocalypse. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. You know, uh, it's kind of fun. It's getting people together. The other night, though, tensions are, tensions are mounting high. I was at the local YMCA here in my town, and I went outside, and there were a couple of guys my age. Should I say my age? Yeah, what what the heck, late 50s dudes? And they started arguing about the uh, coronavirus and the flu or something. I don't know. And they almost came to blows. I had to jump between them. To stop the fight, I did. Boy, oh boy. And yesterday, what was that ding? I don't even know. Yesterday, I was in San Francisco driving. I, I, I was auditioning in Marin, Marin Theater Company, and I was driving home. And I have never seen so many police giving tickets and people driving crazy. Folks, it's the zombie apocalypse. That's right. Face it. Oh boy, what else is going on? You know, they're closing all the Broadway shows. All the shows here in San Francisco are closing. Large theaters, small theaters. What are we going to do? Stay home and binge Netflix. Netflix. I like to call it Netflix, even though it's called Netflix. Well, eventually this will come to an end. And, um, uh, and we'll have a new president. I hope god. I can't believe that uh, Bernie is not doing so great. It's throwing the Hail Mary time. I hope he catches it in the end zone and and he and he gets uh he gets the nomination over Biden. If we get Biden, it's just another uh established Democrat establishment democrat who's going to uh, pander to big business and all that but it's better than the uh orangutan uh that we have in office now so we got that to look forward to we got that to look forward to what else is going on uh let's see so our president is truly an absolute idiot i just read this uh President Trump, widely criticized for his administration's response to the coronavirus pandemic, tried to shift blame Friday to his predecessor's handling of a health crisis 11 years ago. We're talking about Obama here. In a series of tweets Friday morning, that's today, uh, March 13th. Oh, by the way, this is my... 101st episode of Green Room on Air. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, my green roomies? It is. But anyway, Trump, in a series of tweets Friday, Friday morning, Trump accused President, uh, former President Barack Obama of making unspecified changes that complicated the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's testing system. Trump falsely charged the Obama administration's response to the H1N1 swine flu outbreak as a full-scale disaster with thousands dying and nothing meaningful done to fix the testing problem until now. Oh, my God. Let's see what he said here. For decades, the the CDC Gov uh, looked at and studied its testing system, but... Did nothing about it. It would always be inadequate and slow for a large-scale pandemic. But a pandemic would never happen, they hoped. President Obama made changes that only complicated things further. Oh my God, what an idiot. The response to H1N1 swine flu was a full-scale disaster, with thousands dying and nothing meaningful done to fix the testing problem. Until now, Donald Trump's comes into the rescue. The changes have been made and testing will soon happen on a very large scale basis. All red tape has been cut. Ready to go. What an ass. What an ass. Oh my god. Always back to Obama. This guy is an ins- he's insane. I mean seriously. Our president is insane. And if you support him, you're insane. Oh boy, boy, oh boy. Well, today we have a guest, Michael A. Grant. Michael A. Grant is a young man from the United Kingdom who plays every instrument known to man. No, not really. He plays all kinds of instrument: piccolo, bassoon, I don't know, tuba, saxophone, plays in musical theater all over the United Kingdom. He has his own uh, Dixieland band, which you'll hear about. And the reason he's on my show is he uh, he just wrote a new musical. That's right, a new Broadway style musical. And it is called It's Not Really the Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I think he wrote this he wrote this before the coronavirus. But maybe it actually is the apocalypse. Perfect timing there, Michael. Um, The description of this play, uh, it's not really the apop- apocalypse. Oh, maybe one day I'll learn how to talk. It's not really. The apocalypse tells the story of four friends who make one day after the mother of all hangovers to discover... Jesus. Let me start over it's not really the apocalypse tells the story of four friends who wake one day after the mother of all hangovers to discover they are the only humans left on the planet over the course of 14 songs they must adapt to their new lifestyle whilst also overcoming a much greater challenge learning to live with each other this darts dark you know, I'm not going to eat chocolate covered acai berries ever again before I talk into this microphone. Well, I probably will, but whatever. This dark subject matter is juxtaposed with a catchy ragtime influence score that is sure to have you tapping your feet and singing along Armageddon style. It never sounded this good. That's right. And you know what? I'm going to play a little clip right now from uh, one of the songs from this musical it's not really the apocalypse and the song is named i never did expect that it would end like this here you go
2: Oh, so many ways that the world could have gone From a global epidemic to a hydrogen bomb But here's a possibility that wasn't on my list For I never did expect that it would end like this
3: Like this,
2: like this, it came as a surprise. Like
3: this,
2: like this, I could hardly believe my eyes. Yes, it took me unawares, and I am not ashamed to say that I just could not have foreseen that it would end this way. But surely it wasn't just me. How did you all expect the end of civilization to come about? Helen?
3: I always thought the human race would be destroyed from outer space It seemed to me, without a doubt, a meteor would wipe us out Interesting. How about you, Gary? If there's one thing I believed was true It's that we'd all die from avian flu Disease we simply couldn't fight would decimate us
2: overnight so all of this must have come as a shock to you as well. It
3: certainly did. And I must admit, I feel exactly the same way you do. There were oh so many so ways, ways that the world could have gone, could've gone hard From hard a global epidemic to, hard to hard a hydrogen bomb, bomb. But here is, is an option that was never, never on either. my list For I did not expect that it would end like this Like this, it came as a surprise Like this, like this, I could hardly believe my eyes Yes it took him unawares and he is not ashamed to say that he just could not have foreseen that it would end this way Reliance on technology, that's what used to
2: Let's not forget nuclear war, it almost brought us down before. A finger on a red button could send us to oblivion. Overpopulating fast
3: It didn't look like the bees would last And
2: with climate change still going strong It's a wonder we survived this long
3: There was terrorism and intercultural tension let it petrol Not to mention humankind's innate and inevitable tendency However absurdly paradoxical and contrary to all conventional logic and reasoning Towards self-destruction
2: All these things and many more could have done us in, but in fact the ending came from somewhere no one had foreseen.
1: Yeah, I played the whole song. Why not? Because I can. This is my podcast. I can do whatever the hell I want. If I was Terry Gross from Fresh Air or something like that, I probably would have paid like, uh, you know, played maybe 20 seconds of the song. But now I play the whole damn thing because uh, this is a musical, theater, theater, opera, performing arts podcast. And we give. Our interviewees, they're due. Great song, huh? Especially given the fact that we're in the zombie apocalypse. COVID 19. They say that uh, there was like a market over there in uh, China. I've been to those markets in China. Woo! You want to see something weird? Go to one of those markets. So apparently, there was some bat dung and it. got transferred somehow to some weird armadillo-type animal called a pangolin. It's a, it's a strange-looking, cute little thing. It has scales on it. But what I heard Sanjay Gupta say, I think he's on CNN and he's a neurosurgeon, that um, the, these pangolas somehow consumed the guana, the dung, the shite, of these uh, bats, and um, then the the pangolas sneezed. Yes. Have you ever seen a pangola sneeze? I haven't. That must be weird. So they were sneezing in these markets, these live pangolas that people buy to get the scales off of and to eat the meat. supposed to be like an aphrodisiac or something. And the people were around, and uh, the sneezing pangolas passed on the... uh, the, uh, the, the coronavirus. And uh, there we are. Here we are having some fun. Anyway, that was Michael A. Grant's song from, uh, what is it? It's not quite the apocalypse. Yeah. Boy, maybe it is the apocalypse. Anyway, that's enough of that. Why don't we just uh, go right into my little chat with Michael? He's a nice young man from the United Kingdom. I think you'll find this interesting. And without any further ado, uh, Michael A. Grant. You play clarinet, you play flute, you play bassoon, you play saxophone, piccolo. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And and you've played in a number of musicals. Uh, I saw that you played in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert.
0: Yes, I, I did. a lot of fun? It was. It was, yeah, it was a show that I didn't expect to enjoy as <laughs> much as I did. So right. going into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be uh, exactly. this is beneath me. <laughs> right. But then, yeah, I did it for two weeks and it was so much fun. It's,
1: that's yeah. the kind of yeah. show it is, right? It's one of these campy, crazy things that you think is just
0: going to be yeah. awful. Yeah. And then you loved you just, it. Yeah, you can't not enjoy it. I couldn't, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. All these kind of, yeah, camp 80s hits that you never really get to play. Yes. It's great when they're able to take these
1: existing songs and build a musical around them, you know? Yeah. Um, I, saw it the, I saw it in London uh, the mm-hmm. first time I saw it and it was with uh, the original Australian cast, I believe. It was oh, about right. yeah. like 10, 11 years ago. It was just oh. fantastic. <laughs> and so, you just wrote a musical recently, your own musical. Yes. <laughs> it's not really the
0: apocalypse, that's the title. That is true,
1: yes. So, what inspired you That's... to write that?
0: Well, it's something I've quite fancied doing for, for a long time, writing a musical. And I think kind of playing in all these pit bands and, and things, you know, you kind of absorb the kind of musical language of it. So, I, yeah, quite fancied having a go at my own. But, yeah, what kind of inspired this one was I was doing a production of Barnum, and ah. in that, at least in the original there there are two pianos in the orchestra and um if you listen to the overture to it that is purely written for the two pianos so i had to listen to that and i thought oh this this sounds really good effect wonder how i can use this and i thought it'd be fun to take that style of music that's kind of relentlessly jolly and upbeat and juxtapose it with a really depressing subject (laughs) And I thought, I thought the apocalypse is something that is kind uh, of depressing. Also, I've been listening to a lot of um, music by Jelly Roll Morton, who was one of the pioneers of, kind of early jazz and ragtime. Um, so that kind of worked its way in as well.
1: So we have the apocalypse set against uh, upbeat, fun jazz, ragtime music.
0: Right, but it's not really ellipse. It's it's a. It's not really no. (laughs) Yes. So the uh, the title yeah that came from. I was thinking about uh, yeah one of these things that kind of annoys me about this terminology is you see all these like TV programs and things and they claim to be post apocalyptic Um, and there are actually still quite a lot of people around like well if it was really like the official apocalypse but, yeah it wouldn't make for a very interesting program yeah yeah there wouldn't, wouldn't be anybody left so i thought it's yeah so i i yeah, it was one of my first ideas actually i came up with the line it's not really the apocalypse if there are people left alive to sing
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah especially if they're singing uh, jazz tunes so um <laughs> yes so these people now, let me see if i got this right they, they they they're partying they they drink too much they have a hangover and they wake up and they yeah. realize that they're the only people left on earth is that right
0: yes were they at a New Year's Eve party? Where were they? It was... So they... The idea is they all got sacked from their jobs yeah. on the same day. Were they all so,
1: together in the same company?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's ah, the okay. idea. Um, yeah, so, so they all got laid off. Yeah, that's how they know each other. And then, you know, to cheer themselves up, they said, let's go on a four-day bender. And they sing a big song about it. Um, yeah, and then, of course, they don't remember much of what happens there, and then... They just find out that uh, things have changed a bit while they were so. They wake up and they watch out. They walk outside
1: or something. They see there's like nobody around. It's just
0: yeah. Well, my thinking is they wake up in the middle of a public park and various spots around the park, and they realise that it's a bit quieter than usual. And they find um, a uh, newspapers lying around saying, you know, the end is nigh. It was nice while it lasted. These kinds of <laughs> slightly <laughs> surreal headlines. Yeah, big fan of one of the the old time musicals. It's just an excuse to put some nice songs together, and and the plot is secondary to that. Yes,
1: I just finished a uh, a production of Mamma Mia, and sort of like that. You know. Yes.
0: Good fun show. Yeah. Come for the music and get a silly story. I grew up in. Uh, Scarborough which is a town on the east coast of England and we had a very good music center that operated on a Saturday morning still still going in fact and there were all kinds of concert bands jazz bands orchestras and things there so I kind of went through school playing in those yeah got into doing musicals when I was about 17 just through a couple of people were putting them on a asked me if I wanted to play. Yeah, Um, And I went, I studied chemistry at university for four years. Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry (laughs) for you. (laughs) (laughs) It it had its charms. Yeah. uh... Yeah. And where I studied, it was very, which was at um, Durham. It was very good musically. In my third year, I was out three nights a week rehearsing with three different university orchestras, all very high standard. it was great fun. And uh, again, I played for a lot of the student musicals, yeah and all these things. and there. Yeah, so over the course of doing this chemistry degree, I kind of gradually thought uh, I'd rather you know see if I can make a living from music of some sort.
1: and, and you and you're doing that now, you're able to actually make a living from being a musician?
0: Yes, a modest living yeah, yeah well, of course, um, yes. but yeah, early days, um, yes, until you become famous. Yes, yeah, yeah. until it all takes off, but uh, yeah, getting there, slowly but surely. And you always got the chemistry to fall back on. Yes, I can always go do a bit of lab work on the side. Yeah. Are your parents like, uh, you need to do something practical? No, they've always been fairly um, easy going. They know I'm a level headed kind of guy. Um, You'll
1: figure it out. So right now, are you, you're pretty busy, you're travelling around quite a bit
0: on gigs? Uh, yeah not so much this time of year obviously being january it's a bit quiet a few things in manchester a few things in london i was like going from manchester to london then back up to manchester then over to scarborough and then down to london then so sometimes all the gigs line up and they're all in the same place i saw your map here they put on your blog <laughs> oh yeah back and forth back and forth yeah, all over the hectic. place i hope yeah. you're not riding it's, a bicycle um, yes that's the plan that's kind of the the next stage. Um, Yeah. So I've been sending it around, you know, there are a fair few uh, theatres that have like open submissions for scripts. Yes. Uh, So so I've been sending it around a few of those. Also going to try some student societies. It's obviously the University of Manchester. Send them a message, see if they're interested. And uh, yeah, my old university Durham might be up for it. But yeah, basically going to try and find someone or a group or whatever who would like to do that and take it off my hands effectively How about here in the States? Yeah if anyone was interested I get the impression as well that in America they're <laughs> a lot better at encouraging new musicals than they are in Britain. I've seen, I think so because I think the that.
1: musical theatre as it exists now is sort of an American yeah. invention you know so yeah, I yeah. think it's, musical theatre is a big thing here. Yeah you might want to you might want to check that out. The only thing is you might have to make some trips back and forth, which could get costly <laughs> yeah. and costly and uh, take a lot of time. but it might be yeah. worth it. who knows right? Yeah. so the
0: the people who performed in the in your songs here on the website, who are those yes. people? Well, the pianists, are two people I know because I uh, do various bits and pieces with the Welsh musical theater orchestra. so I kind of playing the concerts with them and I do quite a lot of the orchestrations and arrangements. So the uh, pianists, Andrew, I know him because he's the conductor and kind of boss of that orchestra, so I know him quite well. And um, Chris, the other pianist, he plays piano for those concerts and he um, he does a lot of the arrangements as well. So I, I kind of know them through that. But the nice thing about working with them as a duo as well is that they both know each other very well and they play a lot together doing shows and various things with the uh, two pianos set up. So they yeah, have that
1: chemistry going on. They can uh, sort of yeah. talk, talk in shorthand and get things done quickly and do some cool arrangements and stuff,
0: like, quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it just helps if people kind of are used to playing together as well. They can kind of yeah. know, know each other's you know, strengths and things. And then yeah, the singers? So, what are the, where are
1: the singers from?
0: So the singers... So geographically, they're all kind of from the Manchester area. Yeah, one guy, Ed, who plays Joe on the recording, he's from a bit further east, I think further into Yorkshire, but still not far away. I found them. I didn't know any of them prior to doing the recording. So it was a case of I put a, um, an advert out on... I'm never quite sure what it's called. I think it's called Music Match or something. So I got... Yeah, I found one singer through that. Um, then he recommended you know, someone else to do one of the other male roles. Yes, another one, Carolina, I found on Last Minute Musicians, which is a sort of an agency type website. And then she recommended Emily because they worked together before. One guy actually had to drop out, unfortunately. It's about a week before we were going to do the recordings or whatever, and he'd been having trouble with his voice, which obviously isn't great for a singer. Right. He'd been, told, he'd been told he had to rest it for quite a few weeks um, so that was actually quite worrying for him but i gather it's cleared up now so it wasn't a long-term thing um actors <laughs> dropping out last minute <laughs> yeah, what are they like <laughs> yes fortunately emily then uh, she recommended ed who yeah. kind of took on that at very short notice and learned That's a lot of music very quickly so it's amazing what the people
1: can learn under pressure.
0: Music's a lot of
1: fun. I really enjoyed listening to it. Is it okay to tell people where they can find it to listen? Yeah, or... by all means. Okay. Yeah. So it's at uh, michaelgrantmusician.com. Yep. Have you ever, have you ever uh, had the desire to be on stage
0: yourself? Or have you been? Uh, not really. I mean, I did. I enjoyed drama at school. But I think yeah. that's, the, that's as far as it got. So you're a musician you don't, you,
1: you don't and you don't want
0: to be up there uh, doing the acting. You want to keep writing the music, yeah. playing the music. Well, it, it seems like a lot of hard work being up on stage. Because the great thing about being in the pit that you don't have to memorize anything. You're just going to turn up. You can have a cup of tea on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's there in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's lovely. Um, being on stage, you know, you got to turn up early, put costumes on. Yes. <laughs> do all these things. Yeah, you, but you the do perform being. live. You do perform live with your other uh, other groups that you're involved with. Yes, that's true. Yeah, there's, especially with the jazz band, we when we do concerts, they take on a slightly more theatrical theme. We've got a few you know, gimmicks and, and, and gags that we do.
1: The so, uh, Jelly Roll Jazz Band is that who we're talking about? Yes,
0: yes, that's I, correct.
1: I, I just a picture just flashed on my screen here on the on the web of the Jelly Roll Jazz Band. Uh, one, uh, of guys, I'm not sure if that was you or not. Was in like a penguin costume?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was an interesting. Thing. It, was, uh, yeah. it was yeah, it like, was well, it was kind of a Christmas themed thing. So yeah, you know, we were talking we about dress, dress And He's playing a tuba. He's playing a tuba. Oh, yes. I see. And you yeah. have like a,
1: you have like garland wrapped around you or something. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think there's some. Well, you
1: perform. Tenancy.
0: Yeah. I'm um, a
1: performer. <laughs> yeah. Great. In my own way. In your own way. In your own terms. But I have to tell you, yeah. I mean, from my point of view, being in the pit, it seems impossible to me. I mean, first of all, I'm yeah. not proficient at any instrument enough to even be down there. So for people to be able to sit down and just read music and play it, when especially some of this music is so hard, just always blows my mind. I have yeah. no idea how you do that. <laughs> I think it's amazing. So I guess it just depends on where, where your talents and interests lie. Yes, it indeed. Work. It must be a lot of fun traveling around like this, though, and, and playing in different places and Yes it is.
0: I mean it um it uh can be tiring of course if you're going from place to place and do all these things. But it yeah, it is nice to see different parts of the country and meet uh, different types of people. Yeah, all these kinds of things. I um, got myself a map recently, just of the UK, and I've been sticking little sticky dots on all the places I've been. So I'm trying to fill that up. <laughs> It'll be one big dot. Have you ever been to we Leeds? Be My to grandmother the... was born in Leeds. All right, yeah, I've been to Leeds a few times. Um, I haven't. <laughs> to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've got a few friends. There's a... um. Very good music college in Leeds as well, so I've got a few friends who studied there. The jazz scene is very good, um, yeah, there's a lot going on there. You go you go through Leeds as well on the way, on the train from Manchester to get to Scarborough you go through Leeds, so uh, uh, I see the station quite a lot as well.
1: Hello Leeds, goodbye Leeds. That's <laughs> So, um, Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have a sister. Yeah? yeah. What
0: does she do? Yeah. Is she an artistic person? Uh, not really, no. We're very much kind of opposites, I'd say. It's always a case of, uh, as children, you know, we go to cafes with the family and I'd, you know, there'd be two options on the menu. I'd choose one and she would invariably choose the other. Yeah, I mean, she likes her musicals as well, She's uh, into that, that sort yeah. of thing. We go to see quite a few uh, touring productions, often when it's her birthday, the, uh, the thing we do go out and see a tour. What does she do? What does she do for a living? Or does she go to school, or what? Uh, so she works in um, she works in a restaurant in Scarborough. Oh, okay. Uh, doing kind of catering side of things. It's a it's a lovely place. It's kind of a, a farm combined with a well combined with a restaurant. They got a farm shop there, and you know people can look around, you know, see the animals, all those things. You know?
1: Petting zoo do and it. restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Except some sheep. Thing. Yeah. Have some yeah, breakfast. Some...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what about your parents? What are they uh what do they do? Uh so my well my dad uh he's been retired for a few years now, but um he yep. was a dentist. Yeah. Um and my mum uh hasn't worked uh since I think since she married. Um but she was she did um radiography is that like x-rays uh yeah that sort of thing <laughs> i'm not yeah. too sure on the details myself to be honest <laughs> but yeah kind of hospital radiation type work do they play music at all um yeah they're, they're both um they're both quite musical mum plays a bit of oh. piano um just ah, okay. some, some singing and dad so my dad is scottish and he's really into pipe bands and uh yeah uh, yeah those sorts of things so uh he often plays um, either snare drum or bass drum in the local pipe band, so he does quite a bit with that. Does
1: he play the bagpipes?
0: No. Uh, Thank goodness.
1: <laughs> gosh. I know. How do you practice the bagpipes? I mean, you need like a warehouse or something. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you can do it in your
0: apartment. You drive the neighbors <laughs> insane.
1: It's
0: worse than yeah, drums. It's with, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's Bad enough with <laughs> saxophones. Really. Yeah. Right. Know, trying to be subtle. But, uh, yeah, it's like okay, I'm going to play. I'm going to play my uh, bagpipes now. You
1: might as well all clear out. Go to the store. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, I've uh, yeah, heard, heard stories of a guy who used to go out just out in the, um, the middle of the countryside just to practice the bagpipe. Yeah, it kind of happened. No to. one for miles around. I had a friend once. He was
1: a Catholic priest, and uh, what he would do is go into the chapel, lock it up, and go in in there and just. Play the bagpipes every day for his practice, and yeah. you could still hear it like outside. But it was kind of like, where are those bagpipes coming from? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, does you, your dad
1: bagpipes. wear a kilt or uh, or? Uh, yeah, he does. Does for that?
0: I Got the, the full getup
1: right on. And what about you? Do you ever wear a kilt? I love
0: kilts. Uh, I'm not so into the kilt myself. I must uh, say, okay. never tried one actually. <laughs> never, I... never tried the Scottish get up I was in the musical
1: Brigadoon once, and like everyone oh, yes, wore a yes. kilt, yeah, and I had to wear these yes. goofy uh, plaid pants. It was kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's up next for you? You have you have your musical here that you're uh, you're shopping around. Yes. I hope it gets picked up. What else? Well, what are you doing? What are you doing next? You got some stuff lined up, some
0: gigs. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, um, so we've got a few interesting ones at the moment with the with the jazz band. So there's a um we're traveling to Huddersfield every Monday morning to play in the train and bus stations for a few hours. Uh, as I, so we, we play from half seven till half 10 in the morning. And it, the idea being that it's you kind know, of cheering up the, uh, the locals and the commuters and these things, which is, you know, it's a bit, bit of a strain having to get up early and then. Wait
1: a minute. Really you get up at something. five in the morning and you
0: play yep. for commuters walking to the Tube or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, going around the uh, the buses and the trains. And Um, you get paid for that? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. um, Yeah, I think it's. I'm not sure if it's a council initiative or if it's. I think it's kind of connected with the local business as well. Um, I see. Trying to, uh, you know, give a help give a good image to the the place. It's good fun for us as well. It's quite nice doing these gigs in unexpected places because. You get these confused looks from people. Yeah, right. You weren't expecting to see a jazz band on the morning commute, six a.m. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> there's that. There's um, various alternate ends coming up. We tend to be busiest over the summer with those things. I'm playing for Shrek um, the Musical in March. Ah, that's that's my next pit band. That's a fun show to. too. Where where is that going to be? That's in Stockport, which is uh, just down the road from me, so it's dead easy, I can get the bus there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, in terms of uh, of creative projects, though, I've been um, just finishing off a uh, series of piano pieces, more in a classical vein, that I've been uh, chipping away at for a while. So yeah, 12 kind of miniatures. Uh, so yeah, so when those are finished, I'll see if I can find someone who wants to play them and, you know, do recording and all that. Do you play piano? A uh, little bit. Okay. Not Enough to,
1: to compose.
0: Uh, yes. Not okay. to any great extent. I've been doing, uh, doing a few slightly uh, surreal songs with my my housemates who are also um, in varying degrees. They're quite musical, so they've been... Surreal <laughs> they've been, uh, songs. Well, uh, yeah, so... <laughs>
1: With your housemate, so so what does that
0: mean? What is that like? So James, who's he's one of my housemates, and he also plays in the jazz band. He's the guy who was wearing the penguin suit. Yeah, at that time he's been um, posting on his Instagram asking for people to suggest titles for songs that they'd like us to do, and then we pick our favourite and you know put something together. So the uh, first one we did was called uh, "If Only Your Legs Were on Your Head." Uh, <laughs> with, <laughs> And this, uh, yeah, past couple of days we've just started recording the next one, which is called Banana Juice with a question mark at the end. Um, <laughs> I love yeah, so it. We have, we I'd have
1: love to experience. hear this.
0: Well, yes, yeah. Keep an eye out. Um, okay. If you look at uh, the Atwood Project is our name. The Atwood yeah. Project. I'm pretty sure if you search for "If Only Your Legs Were on Your Head" on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are many other videos with that. But, I uh, will! Yeah, that's slightly sure. more experimental in tone, I think that's... I love experimental it. Experimental comedic surreal. All good things. Yeah. Let's
1: <clears see> if <throat> only see, there it is, if only your legs are on your head, official music video. Oh yes, that'll be it. By the Atlas <laughs> Project, oh, I'm going to have to check that out. These, are, <laughs> these links will all go into the notes. Oh, excellent. It's been great talking to you, Michael. Um, Likewise. I wish you all the best. You're uh, quite a talented young man. I'm uh, very (laughs) impressed. Great. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. You bet. Well, there you have it, folks. Michael A. Grant, a talented young man from the United Kingdom who maybe, hey, one day might become famous. And you can say you heard him first here on Green Room On Air. Hey, folks, you know, I just wanted to remind you that this uh, podcast Is done by me and moi only. It's a lot of work. I love doing it. But uh, what would be really helpful is if you told your friends about it. Green Room on Air. Green Room on Air. You can go to raisegreenroom.com. And soon, soon you will also be able to go to an actual website called Green Room on Air. Not just raisegreenroom.com, but greenroomonair.com. I should have that up within the next day or two. And if you want to send me uh, any information, uh, any requests about what you would like to hear on the show, anything that you don't like that I said or that you do like that I said, just go to greenroomonair at gmail.com. Send me an email. Go to your favorite email program, air at gmail.com, greenroomonair at gmail.com, greenroomonair at gmail.com, greenroomonair at gmail.com. That's right. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Okay, that concludes the promotional portion of the show. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Don't cough on your neighbor. And uh, just be nice to one another. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. Bye-bye, everybody.